Grab a Bible if you have one, uh, or you can look on with somebody else, I bet. Um, Go back with me to Leviticus chapter 16. It's uh, tucked way in the back of the Old Testament, uh, the third book in the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Uh, Chapter 16, uh, for those of you who have never heard of that, uh, is one of the, um, the most strategic chapters in all the Bible. It, it describes a day uh, called the Day of Atonement. Uh, in Israel, there was a day set aside once in the whole calendar year where um, sin was a and, and if you've been around a church at all, you've heard this before about the, the high priest going into the holiest of holies and taking the blood of a lamb and pouring on the mercy seat and the Ark of the Covenant. All. Well, this is the day. This is the day that we've been that we've been describing for some months now um, uh, and using this passage as a springboard into the, to the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. So we come to the end of that chapter, uh, a chapter, as I said, that is describing the day of atonement. You follow as I read, beginning at verse 29. This shall be a statute forever for you in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month. You shall afflict your souls... And do no work at all, whether a native of your own country or a stranger who dwells among you. For on that day the priest shall make atonement for you to cleanse you, that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. It is a Sabbath of solemn rest for you, and you shall afflict your souls. It is a statute forever. And the priest who is anointed and consecrated to minister as priest in his father's place shall make atonement and put on the linen clothes, the holy garments, then he shall make atonement for the holy sanctuary and he shall make atonement for the tabernacle of meeting and for the altar and he shall make atonement for the priest and for all the people of the assembly. This shall be an everlasting statute for you to make atonement for the children of Israel for all their sins once a year. As he, and he did as the Lord commanded Moses. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God, this word, this endures forever. Hey guys, I, I know that one of the things that you say about me in, in, your, uh, in your description, you, you say, well, you know, he's just a little dramatic for me, you know. <laughs> And, you know, I don't blame you. Um, and it's true. Uh, I, I'm guilty as charged. Um, I love, uh, I, 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 I tend in that direction. However, I, I say that to say this. Guys, this is Leviticus chapter 16 describing the day of the atonement. I don't know what you want to do with that. Just, well, it's a bunch of black words on a white page and let's read and get it over with. Gang, this is big time. Um, this is the day that is set aside in the calendar of Israel to deal with Israel's sin. And um, as we've gone through this chapter, I, I hope you remember at least a bit, it has given instructions as to what the priest is supposed to do and about the scapegoat and about the bull and the two goats and the, the, the lambs. And, you know. All these instructions are given to the priest as to what exactly is to take place on that day of days called Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Now, this closing paragraph is addressed to the people. 
Okay, folks, says the text. This is what you're supposed to be doing while all of this is going on. I don't know how long it took, maybe a matter of hours, certainly a matter of hours. But here's what you're supposed to be doing while the priest is over there in the temple, back in that room with the blood of a lamb in a basin that he's pouring on the mercy seat. This is what you're supposed to be doing. Now, again, you remember um, there was another occasion back in Exodus 32 where Moses had gone to the top of Sinai and left them behind to get the Ten Commandments. And you remember what they did? They, uh, they erupted in this godless party uh, with just a drunken brawl. Moses comes down, takes the Ten Commandments, breaks them, because this is, this is what they were doing while that was going on. Okay, what then are the people supposed to be doing while the priest is pouring out that blood back there in the holiest of holies? It's said twice in this text. Here's what I want you to be doing. I want you to afflict your soul. Gang, everybody was to attend. Um, in Luke, I mean, in Leviticus 23, it stipulates that if you don't attend, it's punishable by death. This is the only festival, this is the only uh, religious ceremony in the life of Israel to which is attached a capital offense. If you don't participate, you can die. That is, you can be put to death. It's a capital offense not to be in attendance, not to participate in this. So, here they are. All of Israel gathered. There's the temple. Inside that temple, some stuff is going on that's supposed to address my sin. What am I supposed to be doing while this is going on? You are to afflict your soul. Well, what on earth does that mean? How do I do that? Well, we're not giving it much. I, I, in the NIV, if you've got an NIV, unfortunately, it translates those words to deny yourselves. That's, that's rather lame. That's, that's a little tepid. Uh, that doesn't say much. Yeah, you're supposed to deny yourself. But it's bigger than that. You do get a couple of specifics. Uh, they're told that they are to do no work. When you get there, and this is going on, <clears throat> don't you try to make up your grocery list. I don't want anybody um, you know, reading a book. You leave the newspaper at home. And don't try to arrange your social calendar. While this is going on, I want you to afflict your souls. Nothing else is to be going on except, except that. Um, it, a text mentions fasting. Again, because no distractions. Don't be worried about the next meal that you're going to eat. Just afflict your soul. And then, this is not mentioned in the text, but one of the things that Israel often did was wear sackcloth. You know about that. I mean, it's, have you ever seen a, a, a burlap bag that carries seed and they put it on, it's scratchy and makes them very uncomfortable? Why? Why all of that? Why am I supposed to be afflicting my soul? Here's why. 
Because over there, in that building, in one of the rooms tucked into the recesses of that building, my sin is being dealt with. And so I'm supposed to be participating in this thing with the sobriety of my own mind, understanding that this is a big deal. I don't just, well, you know, uh, none of us are perfect. Uh Uh-uh. That's not enough. It's my sin that's being dealt with back there. There's an atonement that's being made. Did you see? Did you see how often that was mentioned in that text? Six times. Atonement is being made. And as I uh, as I contemplate that, and I remember that it's my sin that requires that atonement, I'm sobered. Sobered by the gravity of my sin. But I am also charmed, delighted that God has made a provision for my sin. I understand that it's my sin that separated me from God. And guess what? God made a way. So that he and I might be reconciled. And by the way, I didn't, I didn't devise my own remedy. No, no, no. God provided a, he stipulated, he described to ex, down to the exquisite details as to how my sin must be dealt with. And so we arrive on this day, the issue is my sin. And though I may not understand it all, I know that that a high priest is back in a room doing something with the blood of a lamb. And because of that, God is willing to forgive my sin. And so while this is going on, I'm afflicting my soul as I remember my sin requires that. And then several hundred years later, this new prophet guy shows up. He was an odd dude, kind of weird. He uh, he ate grasshoppers for lunch. And they called him John, John the Baptizer. And while he's doing his thing one day, baptizing people, he looks up and they're, they're coming towards him as a man. And somehow he understands he's the one. He's the one who is going to make sacrifice for my sin 
not on an annual basis. He's going to perform it in such a way that my sin permanently will be dealt with. And he ejaculates this statement. Behold! Look! The Lamb of God! Taketh away the sin of the world. And that one to whom we are appointed is being remembered in this sacrament. Ladies and gentlemen, my sermons may confuse you, but this is simple. This is a a reenactment. It is a. It is a. Um, a symbolic way of saying the same thing. Behold. The Lamb of God. That through his broken body and shed blood. He's taken away. My sin. My sin separates me from God. But the remedy has been provided. It's been provided in the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. So, come join me as we remember the provision that God has made so that our sin might be forgiven. Let's pray together. Our Father... I pray that you will remind us afresh of the very uh, centerpiece of the gospel it has nothing to do with morality. It has nothing to do with ethics. It has to do with a person, a person who is indeed the Lamb of God, the one to whom the Day of Atonement pointed, that that blood that was spilt in Israel year after year, has now been spilled once and for all. And that our sin has a remedy. Not one we designed, but a remedy to be found in Christ and Him crucified. Meet us at this table, Father, for Jesus' sake.